Imagine being in the front row to see the Rolling Stones and experiencing all the excitement of being completely immersed in a live show without leaving your living room. Now, imagine sitting on the 50-yard line for the Super Bowl with your favorite team playing for the World Championship, experiencing it as though you were there without actually being there, and of course, without the guarantee that your team will be playing. But you get the point. And today, the show's pleased to welcome Halsey Miner, the founder of CNET and a legend of the tech industry, to discuss how virtual reality and blockchain are closer to bringing these experiences to your home and sooner than you think. It's going to be like Inception, but without the confusing ending. So whether you're in your car, out for a walk, at home, in the office, or lounging poolside, get ready to go with us into the future, the very near future, in episode number 297 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, two, ignition. Who's bad? Welcome to the future, citizens of Bad Cryptopia. Yes, we are in the future. We're in the future? I thought we are in the present. This is strange. Well, when people are listening to this, we'll have recorded this in the past. It's true. Welcome to the past. Time is a confusing thing, and crypto can be a confusing thing, but the Bad Crypto Podcast is here to make it easy for you to understand. And this is why we're grateful to be one of the top shows in the crypto landscape, because we dumb it down to our level. <laughs> That's true. And if this is the very first time that you have tuned in, if you just stumbled across us in iTunes, uh, make sure to subscribe, first of all. And next, probably what you're going to want to do is you want to catch up a little. And we've made it really easy for you. If you go catch up, if you go to, Come if on. You go to badco.in, that's our shortener, badco.in looks like bad coin badco.in forward slash basics that gives you a playlist of about 10 episodes that you could listen to that will really get you all caught up on what blockchain is what is bitcoin how does it work what are the algorithms wallet stuff we give you some stuff about ethereum we kind of teach you the, the whole ropes then some of these other episodes will make more sense again badco.in forward slash basics yeah, essentially, when Travis and I started the show, we realized a lot of the crypto shows out there, as much quality as there was, really talked over people's heads, technically. And so our goal is to make crypto easy to understand and make it entertaining. And that's why we are the blockchain blockheads or the crypto clowns. Some call us crypto medians. Well, we, we call ourselves that. Yeah, some call me a midnight toker. But that's okay. That's a different story. <laughs> And we've got a great show for you today. You are going to love hearing from Halsey Miner. This dude is legend. Wait for it. Keep waiting. Still? Still. And thanks to our show sponsor, eToro, you know, for a lot of people that are fans of crypto, it's really difficult to know where you can trade, plan, discuss strategy all in one place. And all along, guess what? Europe has had a platform that can do this. Coinbase don't do it. Robinhood don't do it. But the platform's called eToro, and it is the world's number one social trading platform. Not only do you get access to the most popular crypto assets in the world, but it's got virtual trading and discussion features and a community of over 11 million other traders. So if it's in Europe and you're a U.S. citizen, or you know, why am I telling you this? A bump, 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 newsflash. Guess what? They're here in the U.S. of A. Now, you can download the app. It's super easy. And check this out. When you make your first purchase of $50 or more of any of the cryptos listed in eToro, let us know. We're going to send you some bad coin socks, and you're going to have you're going to have badass socks for your bad feet. Go to badco.in forward slash eToro. That's badco.in forward slash eToro. Build your crypto portfolio the smart way today and make your feet smart. That's true. And uh, when you go to badco.in forward slash eToro, you're going to see U.S. citizens or international. Just click whichever one you are. That's the one that can track that. And uh, make sure to send us a screen cap of that $50 deposit and rock and roll and you'll sock and roll wait 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 for it airy actually i was gonna... <laughs> that's where i was okay we we can finish that legend now 
Harry. Well, Derry. Le- legend, Derry. Legendary. Legend. I mean, legend, Harry, or legend, Derry. Which way is it? Which way do you like your legend, Derry or Harry? Well, it's legend, legend, Harry. Yeah, but that's not the way he says it. He says legend, wait for it, Derry. Okay, well, I'm not him. Yeah, it's a horrible show, by the way. Like, I really wanted to like How I Met Your Mother, but their ending was so bad, it pissed me off that I watched the whole eight seasons. Don't, like, don't do it. It's, there, I think there's like, like one, It's like one of the worst clickbait titles ever, like How I Met Your Mother, and they don't tell you for eight years. Yeah, yeah. But you know what we can tell you now is I'm making Divi right now. My Divi Master Notes, Travis, mm-hmm. I just can't, you know, we just came back from podcast movement in Orlando and I got back and I fired up my Divi um, Masternode wallet and guess it it made Divi while I was away. It made Divi while you were away, like little baby Divis? Little baby Divis, yeah. Every day they were coming in and uh, I'm not going to tell you exactly how much, but let's just say you wouldn't be like, oh, I don't want that. No, everybody, like if you saw what my master nodes made while i was away this week you'd be like hey that's pretty damn cool yeah and especially i noticed that the price has gone up significantly recently and so those divvies are worth more it's cool they are worth more divvy is another sponsor of our show you can try their master nodes as well you don't have to like keep it open you don't have to be sending little people inside your computer with pickaxes to mine stuff it does it for you learn more at divvyproject.org divvy d-i-v-i project.org and thanks to our sponsors for making bad crypto possible we love you guys so much we love you almost as much as we love our audience that's true we really love our audience and we want to get you know we want to get right into the feature because the show today with halsey minor he is legendary he created cnet and he's he was one of the biggest uh, investors in salesforce and a bunch of other stuff and now he's doing stuff with blockchain and vr you're going to want to find out about this video it said is the future and as a futurist a functional futurist i agree with that mr travis right you are a functional future you put the fun in functional i do put I, you put the fang in feng shui <laughs> that's so good to know <laughs> you know i've been doing video streaming online since 2008 when ustream.tv first became a thing i remember that and I've been doing business online since I built my first website in 1995. Well, we have a gentleman with us today that got started online before me and has probably made a buttload more money than me and is doing something way more advanced in the video uh, channels than I've ever dreamed of doing. And it combines cryptocurrency virtual reality some ultra cool technology his name is halsey minor and you may recognize him as the founder of cnet yeah that's cnet founded it in 1992 has a really storied bio which we're going to go into but i just want to welcome him here to bad crypto hey halsey hey how are you i'm good and i just realized we were born in the same year is that right yeah, we are, we're both uh, at that uh, I can't drive 55 age right now. Oh, I'm 50. See, we had an argument last night about how old I am. I, I think I'm 54. Oh, I'm so December, you... December of 1964. Okay. So, me, yeah. I think, I think that makes me 54. You're 54. You're not quite there yet. That's okay. Catch up. Um, you catch up in age, and I'll catch up in accomplishments. How's that sound? <laughs> that um, you, sounds like you guys are doing just fine. For being younger than you, Mr. Joel Com, he's kicking your ass. (laughs) (laughs) He is. Halsey worked as an investment banker for Merrill Lynch, and then he started CNET in 1992. He has uh, had ownership interests very early phase in in companies like Salesforce, um, the company that became Google Voice, and a number of other companies as well. He is a serial entrepreneur, uh, venture capitalist, and his latest project revolves around virtual reality it's going to be some pretty cool stuff so halsey why don't you kind of just maybe embellish that background a little bit hit a few of the the finer points of your early internet career yeah so i started cnn networks and built that into a nasdaq 100 company and 
1998, and I left. And uh, we actually, I, I spun out software that we started at, at CNET that became the leading web publishing software. And so my experience in enterprise software and doing websites, uh, Mark Finioff came to me, and then I was the co-founded Salesforce with him and was the second largest shareholder there for, I think, the first seven years. And then started a, a, a company called Grand Central that's now called Google Voice and a couple other smaller companies, but uh, oh, actually one called OpenDNS. It's actually not that small to sold to Cisco. Um, but in, in this industry, uh, I started a company called Uphold in 2013. And its curriculum task was to try to connect the banking system to buying crypto. And when I started, really Coinbase had a monopoly, but uh, within about a year and a half, I was able to get access from banking from the US, the UK, and Europe to be able to you know, have a basically operating bank account so you could buy crypto. As we all know, that's still a problem today. Access to banking is, 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 is really quite difficult uh, for the industry. Uh, but that was the first kind of problem that I, I undertook getting into crypto was, you know, how do you build a business around helping people you know, to begin to hold these sort of crypto assets? mentioned uphold in the past we, we, we've been, we've spoken very highly of it we actually didn't know that that was one of your projects at the time but i've used uphold because we, we were we had some contentiousness with coinbase a bit and the uphold seemed like a pretty good solution to uh, to counter some of those issues yeah so i started that in 2013 and that's when i first you know that's like i started paying attention to crypto in the beginning of 2012 but i launched uh uphold in 2013 i actually spent two years running it and you know honestly uh, i would have kept running it but the having to deal with the regulatory environment was withering i mean just constant issues that you you face in you know running a company like that that's so highly re regulated was so ended up finding somebody who i thought would do a better job than than me in that kind of environment uh so after the about two and a half years, I left to start the company that you know I'm I'm now running, which is Live Planet and, and VideoCoin, which is you know a, a company built around uh, innovation in video. Well, I want to talk about that. Okay, before we get to that, Trevor, I'm just curious when uh, when did you cash out of CNET? When did you sell off your interest there? You know, when I left CNET, uh, I actually owned more of Salesforce than I owned of CNET, and uh, so I spent four and a half years building Salesforce. So I, you know, I, by, by, I left CNET in February of 2000, which was a very good time to leave because the world exploded after that. And, and spent four and a half years, kind of the, the dark ages of, of, uh, of the internet, helping to build Salesforce. A lot of people don't know, but Mark Benioff, who's, who's a, you know, storage founder of the company, uh, he didn't run it for the first two and a half years. A guy named John Dillon did. Uh, Mark was living in Hawaii, and uh, so I, I actually invested nineteen half million dollars right in the company in '99. So I had a big stake in making sure that it was successful. So after I left CNET, spent four and a half years trying to help build that, and then went on and started Google Voice and, and some of these other things, uh, uh, OpenDNS that, that that you mentioned or I mentioned. Um, the the but, dark ages of the internet <coughs> that provides like this. I see this apocalyptic era. I mean, it was apocalyptic. I was there. I know, you know, I laid off everybody but myself, but for some reason I just see this scorched earth, you know, nuclear holocaust type uh, scenario when you say it like that. Yeah. So, it, so it's interesting. So when I left Cena, uh, it was an eight and a half billion dollar company and but it was a NASDAQ 100 company, which if you think about it as an internet content company, that's kind of bizarre. Uh, but we were extremely profitable. We made over a billion and a half dollars. And, um, and, and I left after, you know, doing it for seven and a half years, which, you know, that, those are the go-go years. You get, you're running nonstop. And so uh, it ended up being bought. I, it's an interesting story. When I left, the, the stock was at $65. And three years later, in the Internet dark ages, uh, the stock was 63 cents. And then later it was sold in 2007 to CVS for yeah, for $1.7 billion in 2007. So, yeah, so I was, I was out seven years before the company was ultimately bought by, uh, 
before it was ultimately bought by CBS. And CBS still owns it today. That's great. You know, I'm sitting looking at your history and we've done research on you before we, we you know we started chatting about Live Planet and this other stuff. But I'm really curious, like, when did you first hear about the internet and, and get started on that? Because not only did you get seen it, I mean, you bought domains like news.com, tv.com, search.com, shopper.com, download.com. Like, you were really at the very forefront of the <laughs> Yeah, and, and how did how did that happen? Like, wh- where were you doing? Where you 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 got this information? Like, oh my God, this internet's going to be huge! You jumped on it, like. Yes. So going like way, 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 way back, way back machine. So I was on the internet in 1989 through a service called the Well, which was uh, there were 10,000 people, and it was command line. And the only mm. interesting thing you could do was you could go into this virtual world, and you would say, "Who's in the room?" Give a list of people. What, what, what color is the room? And it would tell you yellow. So it was all, it was all about uh, imagination. And this was something from Xerox uh, Park, which was a, where uh, Steve Jobs got all of his ideas for, uh, for the Mac. And so it was 1993 when I decided that I was going to launch CNET on, uh, on the internet. And you know there were no venture capitalists around. So I ended up getting Paul Allen. I uh, was really one of the only tech investors at that time. Uh, to uh, to fund the company, and we uh, not only did we we uh, you know build a very large internet business, but we also had five TV sh- shows. Four were on the USA and Sci-Fi Channel. One was on CNBC. They were all about technology. And Ryan Seacrest, believe it or not, his first two TV shows were uh, were were with CNET way back when. So yeah, I mean it was. Uh, you know, when I started buying all these domains, was it like around 93, 94? And so we had tv.com, radio.com, chat.com, community.com, search.com, shopping.com, shopper.com, uh, shareware.com, downloads.com. I mean, we had in the day whenever you could, because I remember way back in the day where you could, you just basically had to register the domain name and you didn't have to buy them at all. And then this like 95 and you started having to buy them or whatever, right? Some we registered, but but even back then there were still some people who bought them. But I think the most we paid for any of them uh, was around uh, seven or eight thousand dollars. That's crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. I know it's it is amazing. You know when you think back on it, but you know who knew back then? You know who knew? Well, you you knew enough to you know have um, the future in mind, and congratulations on all that. So let's go ahead and jump ahead now because you are fully all in on a new project, actually two projects that are you know co-joined in some way that we're going to explain here. And maybe we start with you know what is VideoCoin? Yeah. So what VideoCoin does is every time anybody wants to stream video, it has to get essentially compressed, uh, just like you would kind of compress files. If, if, if you take, for instance, HD video, you know, you would have to send 50 megabits downstream unless you compressed it, which is what happens with HD, and then it comes down to around five megabits or, or even less. So in order for video to be transmitted at kind of consumer grade, uh, bandwidth and also just to save bandwidth, it gets compressed and, and that's called encoding. And so what VideoCoin does, and, and encoding is a very, 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 very large business getting bigger and bigger and bigger all the time because 80% of internet traffic is now video and is growing at 25% per year and all that video is encoded. And so this has been an absolute goldmine uh, principally for uh, Amazon. And it is incredibly expensive. And so you've had, you know, you've got everything from doorbells that are now uh, doing video to, you know, basically the alignment of the entire media industry is now, you know, coalescing around the ability to launch these streaming services. So, you know, and then you've got VR, which just turns video into into reality. So you've got this really, really uh, amazing kind of backdrop of what's going on in the world of video and all of that video needs to be processed and needs to be uh, encoded. And so, you know, our 
we have to, our, our VR cloud, which ingests video and sends it up to all the VR platforms, is the most sophisticated video cloud that exists today because VR is just very hard to, to, to encode. And so what we're doing is providing a service that's directly competitive with Amazon and others, principally Amazon, that can encode the uh, video for a fraction of the cost by using underutilized resources. It can be everything from people's home computers to all the way up and through uh, data centers. And so there's just this massive opportunity of taking just a vast wealth of machines that aren't being used. I mean, machines that you have in your office, every, every chip, whether it's a you know Intel chip or or a, you know something from a GPU for a gaming computer, all of them have video encoders on them. It's a se separate chip inside of every chip. And so you can harness those to do the video encoding. And so unlike Bitcoin mining, where you do a lot of work to basically just do a little bit of accounting, our miners, our video miners, they do work to do this video encoding and, and they get paid and, and will, be, will be paid quite well, uh, actually. So they're, so they're like uh, miners, miners. They're like miners, miners. Exactly right. <laughs> I, I do have yeah. to ask, did you ever serve in the military? I didn't, but my name is Halsey Miner, and Bull Halsey, who was the uh, the uh, head of the specific fleet, uh, was my great uncle, great great uncle. Yeah, I think that's right. I just I just I'm wanted like, you to you know to get to the level of being a major. I just thought, a major miner. Yeah, yeah of course. We, 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 we have plenty of those jokes. Coal miner. I date my son Coal. Yeah, we, oh, <laughs> you, right. you did not name your son Coal. No, we, we, of course, have these jokes in our family that what, what if we were to have named people? Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, and, and I did not name my daughter Dot either, so there's no dot .com. Uh, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll beg out. Mr. Travis Wright, tag, you're it. There we go. Good stuff. So, you know, the question is now, you know, we're in this, we're in this age now where 5G is rolling out and AI and machine learning and VR and AR and blockchain and all this stuff is going on. And there's a lot of convergence happening here. And so, you know, tell us, tell us a little bit about your vision of the future when it comes to virtual reality. You talked a little bit about the cloud computing and the, and the streaming of that, but what is your overall vision for virtual reality? Because I recently got a virtual reality that's the new Oculus uh, Quest, and it's been unbelievably fun. And I think you know most people haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet when it comes to VR, but maybe maybe lay it out. What is the future of VR according to you? Yeah, so I've actually uh, witnessed a very large company that's coming out with a VR headset that will basically blow the industry wide open and and at a price point that people can afford. So you know a lot of people when they experience VR, you know it's it's a great experience, but you know, the, the pixels aren't sort of dense enough so you see with the sort of screen board pattern. And that's about to go away. So when you look at uh, through the, the headset, it looks much closer to actual reality. Um, and, and so, you know, the, the whole story just quickly around VR was, uh, you know, a Kickstarter campaign with a non-finished product was bought by uh, Facebook for $2 billion. And everybody assumed that the technology was real even though that product itself wasn't finished. And so everybody ran around, spent a bunch of money and it kind of went nowhere and it went nowhere because the technology wasn't ready. And now the technology is ready. And people like us have built solutions like, like what you guys will do with our camera where you can stream live or record is uh, before us, it wasn't even possible. Like just doing live streaming VR is so complicated. So many different pieces that all to work together. We come along, take a camera, it's a great stereoscopic VR experience. You plug it into our cloud, we send it everywhere. And, uh, and so it greatly re increases the, the overall experience and it reduces the, the complexity. And you know, the complexity in VR has been one of the things that's, that's, that's you know, has, has made it difficult for it to kind of progress. So, so we, we, we think we've delivered a killer product uh, there and, and, and then we'll start to see, you know, I, the way I explain how this is going to happen is that there will be one event and that event will sort of catapult the industry. All the pieces will be together. And the example I use is if one of the royal weddings had been, had a VR camera, you know, we probably have three times as many cameras out there today as there are maybe 
five times. So, so as the technology gets better and better, they're going to be start being these events uh, that I think are are catalytic uh, for for the industry. And I think technology really in 2020 is going to be absolutely fully there to transition video from being something you watch to to really our our reality. Now, as those events like are you talking like Coachella or like Burning Man or like Woodstock 2019, more music events or cultural events? So we are ourselves, and anyone can go buy our camera and use our cloud and distribute it to all platforms. So we're, you know, we're basically the the underlying platform for the VR industry uh, today, or at least the working part of it. We ourselves are focusing on music content to, to onboard onto our platform because we think it's the first, it, it is the first plat, it, it's the first content that will do well on VR because sending music over the internet, that's an already solved problem. Mm. All we're doing is just adding that sort of presence of being there. And, and you know, unlike sports, television has never worked for concerts because when you watch it, it's not the same as being there. But when you do it with VR, it's the same as being there. And you get the, you know, you get high quality audio. Halsey, let me go ahead and let me frame this so that everybody's up to speed on exactly what we're talking about here. Uh, the this camera that you sent us is it looks like an alien, you know, something from a sci-fi film because it's this this space age device with how many cameras are actually around? Actually, sixteen running at ten teraflops to basically be able to stitch all those things together. A teraflop is that what you called it? Tera- teraflop. It's a, okay. It's, it's a it's a number for computing that's large. Okay, that's good. I think because Travis had a teraflop before we did this interview, and I just wanted <laughs> to make sure those were not the same. No, it's it, no, they're not same. <laughs> I uh, so for a number of years because my early exposure to video and then live video, I speak at events, and for about four years now, I've been looking into the future. I was one of those first customers of the Oculus Rift. I've been into VR for a long time. I think it's super cool, and I feel like most. Mostly what we've seen to date are expensive demos of, you know, what VR can do. But one of the things I've talked about is how experiences sell hardware. You buy the new Nintendo because of the new Mario game, not because there's a Nintendo. And when you said that an event is going to be the thing that triggers VR, to me, that is the experience that is going to sell VR headsets on mass. Now, I predicted that that would happen by December, by holidays 2019. I'm starting to wonder, based on what you know, you're, you're it, you say tw- you think 2020. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about your particular product. The website is Live Planet. Dot net and you guys need yeah. to go look at this camera it is an end to end professional vr system that will allow you to capture experiences and record and or stream them to vr devices in a way that has not been done before yeah so so let me explain how this sort of this integrates into in the video coin which is where we started right where we talked about the fact that video is exploding and, uh, and, and as it turns out, you know, you never could compete with Amazon before because it never made money. Uh, Amazon Web Services makes a gobs of money. I mean, it makes, it makes 110% of the money of the, uh, of the company. So, you know, the old saying from, well, actually, yeah. So anyway, so you've got this, this business inside of Amazon that makes, basically makes all the money. And, and it is, you know, principally the reason why they're the most valuable company uh, in the world. And all the major media companies also use it, despite the fact that Amazon is competing with them in the uh, in the video domain. So what we realized with that camera that you have is that if you want, want to turn that thing on and run it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, uh, and send it to all the VR platforms, the cost of encoding this 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 stuff we you know the, the stuff that I was talking about before is around twenty seven thousand dollars a month, right? So we realized uh, that the, there was a huge need for, to be able to have video encoding solutions that were dramatically lower cost. As it turns out, my, uh, Devin Duda, Gat, who runs my CTO, he built Intel's video streaming cloud that competed with Amazon, but it was sold to Facebook. And that's how Facebook got into uh, the video. 
So we realized there's this extraordinary opportunity. There's this massive industry that's growing at an insane rate. And the opportunity to take advantage of, and this is what I think you know, blockchain is so good at doing, taking advantage of all these resources all around the world that are sitting idle, whether they're in your office or, or whether they're in a data center, and dramatically lowering the cost of, of encoding video. It's, you know, I mean, I'm obviously very partial to what we're doing, but, but I think we have in the market, we're going after video coin. And I, I think we have absolutely an opportunity to be the largest DAP based on just the straight up statistics of how much, you know, video file transfer over the internet is about 6%. Video streaming is about 80% growing at 25% per annum. So, you know, even if you just take some of the growth, um, and it's about a 30, $30 billion industry right now, that's just the video encoding market. So there's such a huge opportunity. And, you know, the reason I invested in Salesforce was because it, the centralization allowed for, you know, salespeople all over the world to use a common, you know, app, Salesforce in the cloud website. And then when I saw, you know, when I started to understand crypto and blockchain better, I realized that that is its own new architecture for decentralizing and decentralizing in our world means we can use servers that aren't being used that are located anywhere and everywhere in the world. And so it gives us an opportunity to be highly competitive with one of the largest and most profitable businesses on planet Earth today. And, you know, we've got, uh, you know, a hell of a good team, you know, going after it. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's, it's completely brilliant. When we were we were talking about it and we sort of understanding what you guys were doing over there, I was like, we were like, yeah, we want to, you know, I, I want to try one of these. And I just went through a process where I was moving to a new home, right? And I was going through some of these old photos of my kids at different ages. And I was thinking, wow, like how cool is it going to be for folks in the future now who have kids to be able to pop up a VR camera and to be able to capture the little kids running around at those various ages that you could never capture before. Like, I, it was so profound to me. I was literally starting to cry when I was looking at pictures of my four-year-old daughter at the time and my eight-year-old son, who's now almost 18 and my daughter's almost 14. Those are, those are gone. Those memories are gone. Those little two four-year-old and eight-year-olds, they don't exist anymore. But if you had VR, then you had the opportunity to capture those moments forever for your family to be able to sit in a room with your little rugrats running around. I think like, you know, music is really profound and it's a great way to an entree point. You know, people are going to experience it. But I tell you what, if you're a parent and you want to capture your children's memories in a new profound way, that's going to just blow your mind years down the road when you can sit in the room with your kids at that early age. Like, oh man, that's just, that's just so amazing what you've built. And I think a lot of people are going to benefit from that down the road. You know, it's so funny that you say that because, you know, I've been tell I've been saying this uh, for, for a while. I had, uh, you know, I, unfortunately, I lost a child several years ago. And uh, and I was actually, you know, during that, that period, we were actually uh, building the camera and, and, and they were prototypes, but they were actually, uh, you know, I actually had one that was it was working. And, you know. If I had known then, right, and I had captured, um, you know, my experience, you know, with my son, I cannot tell you uh, how uh, profoundly important, uh, you know, that that medium would be to me. And uh, because, you know, I guess for people who haven't experienced it, you know, it, it's hard to sort of understand VR. For those who have experienced it, they know that it is almost like a religious experience because you you literally are out of your body and you're in someplace else. Um, and you know it it it's it's good enough that it literally tricks your brain into 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 believing that you are someplace where you are you are not. And so I think and I think you know a lot of people don't talk about what you just talked about, but I I think it is it is it is dead on, and that's why. When people kind of talk about markets for VR, th there is that one basic profound one, which is, you know, and, and I and I say, would you rather look through photos of a of a wedding or would you rather capture your, your wedding in VR? I mean, if you really want to go back and experience your wedding, I can guarantee you VR is going to be a heck of a lot, you know, uh, more fulfilling 
than going through a staged, uh, you know, a staged uh, set of photos in, in, in an album. So, you know, I, I, I recently kind of, or ha I have been describing, you know, one of the things that VR and the camera is, and that's really sort of creating an empathy machine because by projecting yourself into all these other places, um, you know, so easily just by putting on a headset, you know, it, there's there's the potential to understand things that, you know, for people who don't never leave their house or never leave their city, but to be able to experience, uh, you know, things all around the world is, is kind of like, you know, television was the first step and then VR is just another big leap for those kinds of for those kinds of things. And right. So, and we uh, need smaller glasses. I mean, you know, the, the headsets started out big. They're starting to get smaller. Now you can get a little, you know, headset that you slip your phone into. and, and Wait till you see what's coming. <laughs> I, I can't wait. So, you know, I, I think going after music as a music fan is a logical first step because the cost of attending a concert now is so expensive. And, you know, who doesn't want to be front and center? Well, with one of these cameras, and I see a huge opportunity for people who are thinking entrepreneurial here to get a camera and be able to reach out to venues and to agents for various bands to be able to offer this to them, uh, you know, there's a day coming where instead of, you know, pay-per-view just for big fights, people will be paying pay-per-view for a live show to have a front row center seat at, you know, the, at the Taylor Swift concert that they're not going to pay a thousand dollars for that front center seat, but they can put on their headset and pay $25 and experience that concert live as though they are there. And I guess that's kind of why you're going after music first. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's actually better than that, right? So our vision is you're backstage, you're on the stage by the drummer, by the singer, you're down in the, you know, mosh pit, people are dancing, and then you're back at the, at the, at the board, you know? So it's the ability to sort of seamlessly roam around the facility, but always being, you know, present there is, you know, offering you actually more than just what you would get with a thousand dollars uh, more than you get with a thousand dollars being in sort of the in sort of the front row. So, so for us, you know, all this amazing technology, you know, one of the limiting factors, which ultimately has has, has driven the the creation of VideoCoin, was you know lowering the cost of that kind of production, so so that more and more and more people, because the company is called Live Planet. Like we we want cameras running twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, all over the world. You want to go to the zoo in Berlin, well, we, we want to let you do that. And and one of the impediments has been cost. And so if we can if we can use video coin, we get our cost and, and the cost of everybody else competing with Amazon, you know, down 50, 60%, it allows for uh, in our case, it allows for the VR system to uh, to grow much faster. Uh, and it, in the case of media companies, it allows them to save money that they can put into programming, which is really where they need to spend the money to competing against uh, Amazon Prime and uh, and Netflix and and the hundred other services that are, are about to launch soon. Very interesting. One of the cool things that I found about it was like when setting up the VR uh, unit, which is very easy to set up, and then putting the headphones on, and then seeing yourself like you're sitting right there, like the camera is like viewing you, and you're like and you can look at it, and you're like sitting over on the other. It's just such a trick. It is. It's one of those things like your consciousness has been totally shifted. And it was such a trip to like look at yourself in real time for the most part, maybe like a four or five second delay. And um, that, that, that was definitely weird. Yeah. So as it, you know, you're, you're one of, as it turns out, very few people who've seen themselves live because it's so complicated to do live hours, stitches of video all together. It does all that stuff live. So, so, you know, I've watched people do this a bunch and, and they they tend to turn themselves sort of perpendicular to the camera and kind of look at their gut. It's really, it's funny. You, 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 you watch what people do when they, when they can see themselves as someone else. Truly. Yeah. Yeah, I, need, I was like, I need to start that keto diet. I, yeah. so I, I did. I literally did right after looking at myself yeah. and I said, man, I'm way fatter than I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we should upsell diets with it. With, uh, with right. The camera. Now that, 
that actually feels more like an out-of-body experience, right? Because you're watching yourself, and I'm, I set it up in my uh, my kitchen by my, uh, my my living room area, and there I am. In I've got the headset on, and I'm walking away from the camera, but I'm watching myself walk away, and it was. It was so weird. bizarre. It was it was really weird. So, you know, of course, the practical applications for this go beyond music. I see for, you know, sports fans like Mr. Travis Wright, who's a big Kansas City fan, to be able to be in VR and watch the game from the 50-yard line or from the end zone or, you know, from halfway up or from... Right, right with the players. So why, why, yeah. not be in the mid- why not be in the middle of the players on, on the, you know, on the sidelines? This is coming, and you are you are the guy who is the first one to really bring this there. And I guess if you've got an Oculus Go, a Samsung Gear VR, or the Daydream, you Daydream. can download yeah. the Live Planet app and see content that is available. Is that right? Yep. And uh, and uh, and Sony PlayStation is coming, uh, as is HTC Vive. When, when is the quest coming? Because that's what I've got now. I sold my Rift and uh, I got the quest. I think I think everything that's now running on, uh, I think everything that's running on the Go is coming to the Quest. I think they're porting it, they're porting it uh, over, but it should be very, it should be very soon. Uh, we've built this Quest specific app, but I think they're figuring out ways to make all the Go apps run, run on the on the on the Quest. So it uh, that, that that shouldn't be very much longer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we uh, we sort of think of ourselves as sort of the foremost video innovation company on planet Earth. You know, it used to be, you think about all the big companies, right? You think about Google and and, uh, and, and Twitter and Facebook and, uh, and Amazon. You know, these are all companies that were really built around, really built around text and graphics, right? That, that really is in their DNA. It doesn't mean, you know, obviously Google bought YouTube and, you know, obviously, um, you know, Amazon added uh, added you know video and a video service, but it's not really their DNA. So our DNA is 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 100% in video. And what we're trying to you know what we're we're using the blockchain, the crypto community, uh, we're in the crypto community to create first of all a whole new class of applications because I mean honestly, there's been very little innovation with Amazon and Google basically controlling video. I mean. YouTube was, you know, obviously an innovation, but it hasn't. A lot, not a lot has happened since then. So, so by having by having video point, by having you know a universe of developers, we 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 want to engage a whole new set of of innovators around video. And then the and then the big thing is just take this industry that's massive and really compress the cost down. This is what we did with uh, Salesforce. We went we we the 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 service will cost one tenth as much as the software we were competing with, and then ultimately we delivered a lot more innovation. And that's the video point is exactly what we're doing. We're a fraction of the amount of money that you know Amazon and Google charge for their centralized data centers, um, but the world is going decentralized, and that includes 5G. And so, and so I you know I genuinely think we are going to be in 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 the world of, of blockchain. I think we're we're going to be you know, in a year, I think we're going to be, you know, absolutely uh, one of the, the biggest and, and most important dApps that uh, that exist because the market's enormous and uh, we, we put together a really good team. Yeah, I, I agree. Now, tell us a little bit about the, the blockchain VR network that's being put together. Yeah. So what we wanted to do is just sort of leverage kind of two skill sets that, uh, that we have. So, so. The idea was to take our technology and uh, and and extend it to people like you and and, and other uh, important influencers, and and allow those influencers to be able to capture, uh, you know, whether you're at, at a uh, whether you're at a conference or whatever, and you're interviewing people, to be able to capture these moments um, and to be able to share them in VR, and you know. Guys like you, you've got a very large, uh, you know, audience you've already built, and different people have built their audiences in different, in various different domains, be YouTubers, Twitter, whatever, um, a podcaster. And so it's really about, you know, the technology is easy enough to allow people like yourselves and others, you know, who are important influencers, to be able to extend their audience into this new uh, VR community. Um, and it's 
great for the it's great for the whole uh, crypto and blockchain community. I think because it's going to create, uh, you know, more and better and more interesting content. And for us, it's a great way of showcasing, you know, just how, you know, how innovative we are when it comes to, uh, when it comes to delivering, you know, video-based technologies. So it kind of put all our, our two skill sets in and around blockchain and and uh, and video, and we we married them into into something that we hope grows into a really you know, super helpful venue for people to learn, you know, from from people like like you guys uh, about the world of, of of crypto. You know, hopefully, hopefully we're just at the you know the very early uh, phase of of the world getting to know and understand this new technology, um, and and hopefully we can help you know uh, evangelize it uh, through what we call the BBRM. Well, and who doesn't like a good marriage? Uh, Travis and I are actually in Orlando at Podcast Movement right now, and uh, we're going to be setting up the the camera here tomorrow. Of course, uh, by then this episode, you know, by the time you hear this, we'll have already done this. But there is the best booth that I have ever seen. The most viral uh, magnetic booth I've ever seen in an event is here and what's really funny is i can't remember who did it so maybe it's a failure in that respect but 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 what's amazing about it is they have puppies there is a puppy pen Uh, you know nine adorable puppies and and they're giving away free beer too and i'm thinking oh my god that we need to bring the camera inside the puppy pen tomorrow (laughs) oh yeah that's great yeah, we, we can't solve the beer problem, but we can solve the puppy problem. <laughs> well, the website again, liveplanet.net. If you have yeah, liveplanet.net, oh. right? Uh, and yeah, and video coin and video is 40, it's videocoin.io, and that's our that's our video platform that runs on the, the vid uh, crypto coin, uh, which is long. Uh, everybody, if you have one of those VR devices that the Live Planet app is on, get it. Uh, we'll alert you when we will um, when we have a video up. But we're going to be creating content. We're honored to be uh, included amongst you know the initial content creators. And if you guys enjoy what we do and you want to see us up close and personal, or maybe see some puppies, then uh, check it out, uh, Mr. Halsey Miner. Thank you for all the great content and for being a world changer. We appreciate it. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And Mr. Travis Wright, I'm now friends with Halsey Miner on LinkedIn. I feel kind of special. Well, you're a legend, Ari. Also, but there's not as much. There's not as much pause. There's not as much pause though. So you know, we interviewed him before we set up the camera at Podcast Movement, and they had there was a company there that had the best booth out of all the booths you've ever seen because the goal with the booth is really to draw people to mm-hmm. it right you want to get attention to uh, to what you're doing and the moment i saw what this group was doing i was like oh my gosh it was launchpad um it's a podcast distribution thing launchpaddm.com you guys get a free shout out and they had a big sign that said free beer which that didn't draw me because i'm not a beer drinker and puppies well, that brought me in. They had a little puppy pen with uh, probably eight to ten puppies in it. Oh my gosh! Yep. And Launchpad DM is their website, but that's actually a subsidiary of Podcast One, which uh, was created by the same guy who created Westwood One, which is interesting. Ah, all the ones. Well, we set up our um, Live Planet camera. Right there. And of course, a lot of people are like, what is that thing? It is a space age device that is reading your mind right now. Uh, we told them what it was. And a bunch of us grabbed a puppy and stood around the camera and we filmed about, I don't know, two and a half, three minutes. And so if you have a VR headset, either the Oculus Go or any of the Android units, you can download the Live Planet app. And then just scroll through the feed until you see one that says puppies. And you'll see uh, myself and, and Mr. Travis right in there, as well as um, our producer, Aaron, and other random stander, standby people that were there holding these puppies. And they're so yeah. cute. Yeah, and actually, they're you don't even have to have the fancy VR unit. You can actually have one of those card, those Google Cardboard 
or just one of those VR headsets that you can put your phone into and you can see it just as well. So check it out. Uh, the future is VR. We're going to be doing more and more VR content as we travel around and uh, really, really grateful for the, with the, the opportunity to work with Live Planet because they are on the cutting edge. And if you look and see what Halsey Miner has done throughout his career, all he does is build big, badass companies. Yes. And uh, I think that this is it. This is the one that is going to be the de facto uh, VR camera. I think, you know, they start selling this into venues and to artists, uh, to sporting events that, you know, the moment is coming that, uh, you know, we talk about the Netscape watershed moment in crypto. I think the, the Netscape watershed moment in VR is coming soon and there's going to be a mad dash for low price, smaller, uh, very effective VR goggles. There's going to be an experience that everybody, it's going to be universal. Everybody wants to have it. 2020 it is will be a big year for VR. So many opportunities if you had a chance to play on that. So really cool. Fun episode, Mr. Joel Com. Great time. Had a great time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, always a pleasure speaking with you, Mr. Travis, right? Hey, thank you. And we're actually in the same building when we did this and actually since we were doing the interview we were actually in two separate rooms but it was still fun it was fun and we appreciate you hey if you haven't taken a moment to review the show please do but even more important i want to we're going to tell you guys the secret of what we learned at podcast movement there's one thing well there's two things (laughs) the first thing that you can do to help this show and spread the word is really just spread the word. It turns out word of mouth and in sharing the show with your friends, your family, your associates, and getting them to listen on their device or subscribe is the most powerful way to uh, amplify the show. That is true. What was the second thing? Oh, well, that's easy. Stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.